Hi, I'm the person whose closet is put in color order, but I'll also pick up an earthworm without thinking twice. In fact, I did yesterday. <laughs> it needed my help. I'm not afraid to be a little messy. Human nature is messy, but nature nature can help us embrace it. I love the brand seventh generation. Their laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with the power of bioenzymes. That's exciting. You wipe your hands on your pants after you pick up an earthworm. Seventh generation is like, don't worry, hug a dirty tree, huff some bark. It's good for you. That is the power of seventh generation. Find laundry detergent and other laundry products at seventhgeneration.com. I love worms. I know I usually save my secrets for the end of the episode, but I'm going to tell you my secret favorite candy. It's Reese's peanut butter cups. It's really Reese's anything, but Reese's peanut butter cups are the thing that I'm like, have I had a bad day? I get these. Have I had a good day? I get these. Chocolate salty peanut butter, the textures. I love everything about them. Also that there's two. So I'm like, oh, I get this one for later, which is one second later. Anyway, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, I love you. That's all. If you're me, you can shop Reese's Peanut Butter Cups now at a store near you, found wherever candy is sold. And I am. Oh, hello. It's your eccentric aunt and your internet dad, Allie Ward. We're back with an episode of Smologies. So Smologies are these classic ologies episodes, but we cut them down and make them shorter and we edit them for language so that they are kid safe and classroom appropriate and parents don't yell at me. Now, if you've never listened to the full version of this episode about fish and you're not around impressionable ears, it's linked right in the show notes for grownups, the longer one, it's there for you. Go straight to that. But if you're down for a family-friendly, shorter version, this episode of Smologies is for you. Also, quickly, before I get into it, I'm going to be at WonderCon in Anaheim. Ever heard of WonderCon? It's in Anaheim. It's on Friday, March 24th. I'll be there leading a panel. That's Friday, March 24th, 2023, 6 p.m. Friday, a panel about climate change and art with my friends from the organization Functional Magic, who make these awesome collectible climate solutions gig posters. And I've interviewed my friend Andy Hall, who started the organization before. I'll link that in the show notes too. But um, they donate proceeds to rainforest charities. So I'll be there. If you're at WonderCon, come to our panel Friday at 6 p.m. and say hi. Okay. Now, ichthyology, smologies. Ooh, this is a good one. So I was giddy to talk face-to-face about fish. First, the etymology of ichthyology. Pretty straightforward. Ichthys means fish in Greek. It also sounds like a cat sneezing. Like, ichthys. Do it. Do it right now. Ichthys. Right? Whatever. Okay, so this ologist let me into the bowels of a natural history museum. To the very basement where she walked me through floor-to-ceiling gray metal shelves filled with jars of fish suspended in these amber chunky liquids past these articulated fish skeletons. Apparently, the collection at the museum is over 5 million specimens of just fish, which weigh a lot of pounds. So they got to put them on the bottom floor because they're so heavy. That's the thing with museums. What you see on display is the tiniest fraction of what they really have. So much is kept in the back in libraries and warehouses is like a catalog for research. So we pulled up some chairs in this little library and this ologist, honestly, she has the regal presence of Robin Wright, but she has the timing of a comedian and she has the obsessive fish knowledge of a savant and I just could not get over her. I couldn't get over her. It was like, you're amazing. So you'll learn about the touching relationship between a fish and a shrimp that I want to write a quiet indie movie about, what seafood you should not eat, and how you can save the planet. 
you, and me. So we cover a lot of ground, and by ground, I mean ocean. So let's dive in with ichthyologist Dr. Chris Thacker. So you are an ichthyologist. That's right. I study fish. <laughs> um, how long have you been an ichthyologist? Since birth. Since, yeah, since ever. Chris has worked at the Natural History Museum of LA County for almost 20 years, and she's been studying a specific group of little fishies for almost 25 years. That is a long-term relationship with fish. The fish that I work on are called gobies, and they are a group of reef fishes and stream fishes. They're found all around the world. Gobies are so fascinating and variable. They do anything, like any evolutionary thing you want to study, a goby is doing it pretty much. Let's back up, and can you tell me what a fish is? Okay, a fish is a vertebrate, which means it has a bony skeleton with a backbone. Mm -hmm. It's a vertebrate that lives in the water. Um, that's about, well, that's about it, although it obviously doesn't include... Uh, some water living vertebrates like whales. Okay. Fishes breathe water. They don't have lungs. The bony fishes are part of a clade called Actinopterygii. Okay, what was that word? Actinopterygii, which means ray-finned fishes. It kind of sounds like the first line of a camp song, like the sequel to John Jangle, Jimberheimer Schmidt, right? Okay, back to it. Which describes some characters of like the way the fins are arranged, some kind of details of the bones, but basically they're... A vertebrate animal in the water. That's not a whale. That's not a whale or a dolphin, right? Or a seal. Okay. Or a snake. Right. <laughs> I'm, or a human being or with human a scuba. Being, exactly. You know what I mean. <laughs> or your dog at the beach. <laughs> your dog at the beach. Exactly. <laughs> as soon as you have a backbone and are in the water, you become a fish. Well, no, I okay. would like to think so. <laughs> um, so this is a very, I mean, going back to like when you were a kid and you were marveling at the tank, this is such a basic question, but how do fish breathe? It is the, it is that's not a basic question. That's complicated. Okay. Gases, so they need oxygen. They're like us. They need oxygen mm -hmm. to run their cells. They absorb oxygen from the water, but that's more difficult than absorbing oxygen from the air. Although, remember, our lungs are wet. Like, air, mm -hmm. we also absorb oxygen from water. It's just a thin scrim of water inside a lung. Oh. Hey, heads up, you got moist lungs. Now you know. But fishes have a very frilly, complicated Blood enriched gill, sort of filament, looks like feathers, like a filament. Well, you've seen them on an axolotl. So, an axolotl is a great word. It's also a type of salamander, and its lungs, they look like frills on the side of its head, kind of like it's wearing two feathery fans where our ears would be. It's majestic. It's slimy. It's glamorous. Axolotls are amazing. Well, fish have that kind of thing, but on the inside. Just yeah. inside the head. Um, and the purpose of that is to exchange, have a lot of surface area exchange with water and oxygen diffuses from the water into the blood. Okay. So then what is the deal with a fish bladder? Okay. So a, you mean a swim, bla swim bladder? Swim bladder. Yeah. Fishes have swim bladders. Well, not all, but most of them. And those are for regulating buoyancy. Because remember, fishes live in sort of 3D. They move side to side. They move forward and back, but they also move up and down. Oh, yeah. You know, compared to the fishes, we're sort of just like in flat land, like yeah. we, we move like just in a few directions, but fish are actually basically always flying. Underwater, never wearing pants, flying without ever falling. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Like fish have the best lives. They have the best lives. They also have 
swim bladders, which fill with gas and floats them up and down. Kind of like a functional whoopee cushion. Most of the time. And it's mm-hmm. there are also um, some types of fishes that can actually gulp air and put it into their swim bladders. But obviously that's not going to work for a fish that lives, you know, 100 feet below the surface. So there's two different kinds. Okay. Saltwater fish, freshwater fish. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we don't think about it until it comes time to have perhaps one as a pet. And you're like, oh, if you have a saltwater aquarium, you are a millionaire. It's a whole different thing. Yeah. If you have a bowl with a fish in it that costs a dollar. What is the difference in how they live and how they, they breathe and exist? The difference in how they, it has to do with osmo, what's called osmoregulation, which is the regulation of salt basically in your body and outside your body. So the kidney, you know, pumps salt one way or the other. Freshwater fishes live in a situation where they've got too much salt relative to the freshwater around them. Saltwater fishes have less salt than the water around them. So they just have to be careful with their kidneys. Some of them go back and forth. What? Oh, yeah. Well, salmon, right? Salmon go down. They go up the river. They have their babies. They wash back down. They live some time in the ocean. They switch back. Lots of gobies do this, too. Really? Yes. How do they do that? Their kidneys. That's how. (laughs) Wow. You know, I never knew. I always thought, like, once they got to a brackish zone, they'd be like, I'm out of here. Some some do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've seen salmon spawning in a stream. Mm -hmm. And I've always wondered, like... Clearly, that makes them so vulnerable to predation. If you wanted sashimi, it was just like any of them. Well, I mean, you've seen the bears. Yeah. Just scooping them, just scooping them up, just watching, just watch them go by, grabbing them one by one. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of them make it and some of them don't. But a lot of them make it. And also, you know, a lot the the ones that do make it, they'll have hundreds and thousands of eggs. And so that's that's kind of how fishes deal most of the time with... Uh, the lottery of of having children mm-hmm. is that they have a whole bunch and just hope that some survive. Right. They're like, bye. Mm. Good luck. See ya. Yeah. Have You're fun. On your own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> Good luck and farewell. When it comes to the little guys, you yeah. study a lot of little guys. You showed me some cool specimens. Um, is that also a numbers game? I mean, they're kind of, are they kind of lower on the food chain, right? It's kind of a, it's a value laden term. It's a value laden term. Sorry, sorry. Yes, yes, <laughs> they are. They are. It's, they're food for a lot of other things. It's true. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. There's mm-hmm. a lot of them. There's a, the, so the larger group that they're a part of is maybe 20, say 2,500 species. And the total number of bony fishes is like 25,000. So that little more. So that's 10% of fishes right there. How many fish species have been identified? So, like I said, 25,000, 26,000 okay. in that ballpark. Yeah. Oof. There's more all the time. People are finding more all the time. I and mean, there's more out there we don't know about. I mean, there might be 50,000 out there that we just haven't, <gasps> we haven't gotten them yet. And you just walked me through the collections. You have 5 million specimens here. Mm-hmm. What's the craziest fish you've ever seen IRL? Something called a hula fish. What is it? Okay. A hula fish is a small reef fish that lives in Australia and it is only found in Australia. And I'd never heard of it. I'd never seen it. And this was just like a couple of years ago. I'm sending fish all this time and I'm down in an aquarium in Sydney and I saw this fish in a tank and I had no idea what it was. Like no idea. <laughs> and that's a weird feeling. Right. Given, you know, what I do. And I just stared and stared and stared. And it was like I was five again looking at this tank going, how is this possible? What is this alien thing? Yeah. Hula fish. Freaky looking. It's, and it looks like nothing. It's a little got blue and white stripes, but it, it moves in a very sinuous way, like a hula dancer, hence the name. And that's where they got it. And that, exactly. I saw a video and the hula fish does have moves. Do you have a favorite fish? I have several favorite fish. Have you ever seen a wahoo? Mm-mm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. A wahoo is kind of like a tuna. It's a great big silvery pelagic fish and it's 
just spectacular. It looks like a torpedo. It looks Ooh. like a silvery torpedo. Um, I really like mudskippers. I like shrimp gobies. Some of the shrimp gobies I work on are just beautiful, very delicate, you know, colorful fishes, and they do all kinds of weird things. So, yeah, what's their what's their relationship with shrimp? Shrimp gobies live with shrimp in burrows. The shrimp builds the burrow and the goby lives with the shrimp. So it's a symbiotic relationship, like a mutualistic relationship. They help each other. Oh my God, they're like Bert and Ernie. They are. And go- gobies actually do this a lot. There's gobies that live in sponges and sea urchins and, you know, all kinds of different places. They they like, they're friendly. They like to participate in mutualisms. <laughs> and a goby and a shrimp uh, will... The goby is actually the watchdog. So the shrimp is blind. Oh, stop. <laughs> this is, isn't this a great story? The shrimp is blind. This is nature. This is evolution. This is just all, this is our world we live. This is a planet we live on. That's crazy. With these things, which is kind of like, just blows my mind. This is fishes. I think about fishes every day with, with that sort of tone. <laughs> like this is on our planet with us are these creatures. <gasps> so shrimps and gobies. The shrimp is blind. The goby watches sits on the bottom and watches mm-hmm. and is a guard dog. The little shrimp builds the burrow and takes care of the burrow. And they are in touch with each other. They communicate via a, a tactile communication system, a touch system. What? The antennae of the shrimp are very long. And the antennae of the shrimp, as the shrimp, you know, scrumples around and works, he, it keeps in contact with the goby's body. And the goby will flick its tail or move or... St- dart back and forth to let the shrimp know what's going on. If there's danger, if he can come out. No way. 100% true. Um, I'm sure people ask you this day in and day out. Do you eat fish? Yes, I do eat fish. Okay. For fish, I always recommend, and this is, and it's serious. I mean, this is one, again, one of those things we got to watch out for with the ocean. Don't eat, uh, most kinds of wild caught tuna. Do not eat orange roughy. Um, for your convenience, you can go to seafoodwatch.org. Okay. And the Monterey Bay Aquarium has a list and it's always changing. They're always updating it. But a lot of farmed fish is fine to eat. You know, it's it's done uh, responsibly, you know, it, ecologically conscious. And you can also check and see if it's if the seafood that you're buying is MSC certified, Ms. Marine Stewardship Council certified. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I didn't know about that. Yep. I read one story about how there's some, oh God, now I can't remember. There's some fish who holds her eggs in her mouth. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cardinal fish. Cardinal fish do it. Jawfish do it. It's fantastic. They will go cichlids. Cichlid fishes, which you might know from Aquaria, will sometimes do it. Um, it's just a way to keep the eggs safe. We don't judge. I mean, but the main thing with fish is you've got to make a lot of babies hope they survive. Exactly. That's the main thing. Exactly. And the idea is that the l- the lower the amount of care that you put into your babies, the more you've got to have. Right. So, like, if you're just going to blow them out to the wind, like a seed or a fish egg, you know, into the water, you got to have a bunch of them. If you're going to take care of them, you might have fewer. And if a mouth brooder is just going to have a couple hundred, whereas a spawner, a broadcast spawner might have a couple thousand. A broadcast spawner. Broadcast spawner. Broadcasting to you. Yes. <laughs> Is that just like holding eggs out of a moving car and just you just you just, you're, you're just see it's like you salt the fields <laughs> just everywhere. <laughs> Although sharks have those cool sacks. Yeah, sharks sharks are have some lay eggs like that, and some actually have live young, and some fish have live young too. They have a few live young, mm-hmm. but it's rare. And sharks are fish. Sharks are fish. I have so many questions from listeners. Oh, absolutely. Can I rapid fire? Please. Okay. But before we take 
questions from you, our beloved listeners. We're going to take a quick break for sponsors of the show. Sponsors, why sponsors? You know what they do? They help us give money to different charities every week. And this week, we'll donate to the Monterey Bay Aquarium's Seafood Watch Program, which helps consumers and businesses make choices for a healthy ocean. And they protect the ocean now and for the future through trusted seafood recommendations and collaboration with businesses and governments and consumers and partners worldwide. You can learn more at seafoodwatch.org. And thank you to sponsors for helping us make that donation. Oh, KiwiCo. We love you. Kids love you. Parents love you. Uncle Allie's love you. Here's the deal. So whether you're staying at home or you're heading out on some summer explorations, KiwiCo is inviting kids, also kids at heart, that's you, to enjoy their first ever summer adventure series. So kids from two years old to teens can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks. They have something for everyone. They have different topics for each age, whether your kid wants to explore space or learn about dinosaurs. And I've heard from my parental friends that summer can be a little challenging to keep the kids kiddos busy. KiwiCo's like, we did the legwork for you. And the Summer Adventure Series is this personalized experience with super fun activities like a bottle rocket kit where kids can build an actual bottle rocket. And you can either receive all of your summer adventure crates at once or weekly for six weeks. I think it's so amazing that they have different crates for different ages. Everything from the great outdoors that has like giant bubbles or a window garden to a trebuchet kit for ages 9 to 14. An entrepreneur where you can do textured clips projects. If you have kids, if you know kids, keep them occupied and learning and having fun this summer with KiwiCo. And you can get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash ologies summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico.com slash ologies summer. Oh, have fun. Oh, it's heating up. It's time to say bye now to your jackets and your sweaters and your tights and get reacquainted with shorts and tees, breezy things. Can I point you to the direction of Quince? What I love about Quince, you can build a lineup of timeless pieces. They keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year without spending a fortune. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts. They start at $30. They have washable silk tops. And I love that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories. They cut out the cost of the middleman and then they pass the savings on to you. So whether you need a sundress you can wear to a picnic or you need some good t-shirts or tanks that feel nice on your skin and are well-made, head over to Quince. I love them so much I put them on my body. That's what clothes are for. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash ologies for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. (gasps) That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ologies to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ologies. Okay, let's get back to it. Okay, your questions. Greg wants to know, how has climate change affected fish species and fish populations across the world? Um, And how are plastic and other pollution affecting fish biology and health? Number one, fishes are moving. Like we will see things off the coast of California we never used to see because they came from warmer waters to the south. So fishes that can move are moving in response to climate change. What is plastic? Very, very bad. The number one thing that I would say to people when they say to me, what can I do sort of for the planet and for the oceans is watch it with your plastic. Keep your plastic. Like if you are using plastic, fine, but recycle it. Don't, you know, don't let it get into the ocean. Be careful what you let into the waterways. I, uh... Went to Hawaii. I got to go for a job. 
And I got to nice. see, I know, I I was mostly in hotels and in donut shops. It was a, it's a weird job, but <laughs> I, um, but I walked by the marina and it looked like a beautiful aquarium and yeah. then like a Doritos bag just floated by. And I was like, this is a picture of dystopia. What have we done? Plastic is very bad and it bugs me. It bugs me like emotionally, like it upsets me. Yeah. So yes, please, please, people be careful with your plastic. Just recycle it. Just re- It's not even that hard. Just recycle it. Just recycle it. That's all I ask. We have full length episodes on oceanology and discard anthropology, which is all about garbage, environmental toxicology. Those are linked in the show notes. But here is some ocean advice for you now. You can carry a reusable bottle. We use a bunch of bottles all the time. You can say no to plastic straws, say no to disposable cutlery. You can avoid things with microbeads and carry a shopping bag. Look at that. Boom. You're already a better person. Better than you were 15 seconds ago. We did it. We saved the planet. Yay. Okay. Brian Edge wants to know, have the populations of any species changed for the better since orgs like Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch have come around? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And one of the beautiful things about the ocean and working, you know, with fish and thinking about fisheries and climate change and whatever, and, you know, even horrible, scary things like coral bleaching is that if we take action, the problem, it will help. The problem will get better. Fisheries are rebounding that, that have been protected. So it's definitely worth it. Um, is there a hope for coral reefs? Yes. Okay. 100% yes. Oh, good. Yes. It is, it is, it is, it is a failure of will. It is not a failure. It's not that we don't know what to do. What we need to do is watch it with the carbon emissions. Um, it's just that we don't have the will to do it. But if we were to take care and, you know, cut that down, we would we would see some uh, recovery in the coral reefs, I have no doubt. You never hear about the ozone hole anymore. Remember that? Word, yeah. Yeah. CFCs. And that's because, that's because CFCs got banned and it helped and boom, problem solved. Oh, good to know. That's actually, that gives me a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. We have a full length and a kid safe smologies episode on nidariology on coral reefs, and that will be linked in the show notes too. Uh, Jenna Kaula, mm, I say her name wrong every time I read it. I'm sorry, Jenna. Okay. Uh, this is a, I once heard this when I was 12 thing, but can fish not feel pain or do they just have short memories? This is a common misconception. And the answer is, of course they feel pain. Of course they feel pain. Fish, you have to feel pain. Otherwise, when a predator starts running at you, you wouldn't feel it and you just get eaten. So yes, they do feel pain. How are their memories? Well, probably not that great. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, let's just, you know what? Let's just not hurt fish. Right. Yeah. Don't make them feel pain. Don't make them feel pain. Why do they need to feel pain? Um, what kind of brains do they have? They have brains like ours, but simpler. But mm-hmm. the same basic, the same basic, you know, roadmap, the same basic nerve, same basic vertebrate brain. So they can feel pain. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, fish. Uh, Mike Melshuar wants to know, do fish sleep? They do. They do? They do. Yeah, you sometimes parrot fish will kind of, you'll see them on the bottom at night. They like wrap themselves in this bubble of mucus. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> just tucking it's in. It's nice and cozy and just lovely. And yeah, they'll, they'll you know, they doze off. Oh, I wonder if they dream. I, they must, they right? They must. Some big, uh, you know, big pelagic fishes, they'll just, you know, obviously they don't 
go down to the bottom to sleep, but they'll just, you know, they'll doze off a little bit at a time. They'll sleep oh. in little bursts. Yeah. I bet they have so many shark nightmares. Oh, man. I wonder, right? You know? I wonder what that must be like. Um, Elspeth Hay wants to know, what kinds of fish are the most ethical, oh, to keep as pets? Um, I love my betta fish, but whenever I'm in a pet store and see all the betas in their tiny cups, I feel sad and want to take them all home. Should I contribute to that market or should I get a different kind of fish next time? Are betta raised in captivity? Excellent question. And thank you for being so, you know, so responsible. Um, Yeah, betta fish are raised in captivity. Go ahead and have as many as you like. Okay. Our beta was the best beta he's ever seen. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who is who is trying to be an ichthyologist? Um, yeah. Learn. Take a lot of biology classes. You know, go take take as much organism biology as you can, and get out in the ocean as much as you can, and swim and dive. Learn to dive. If you want to be a professional marine biologist, learn how to dive. Get oh. good at it. Yeah. I have never been diving, but I have someone who's a listener who offered to take me diving. It's amazing. Okay, should I go? Yeah, you should totally okay. go. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> but if you need there's if you need to work, you know, doing it for work, you gotta really like you gotta take, study up. You gotta mean it. Yeah, yeah. You gotta study up. But just but but it's wonderful. Definitely go diving. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love about your job? What's the best, 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 the best? Best, 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 best part. And there are so many. It is a great job. It's just figuring these things out. I love learning about the fish. I love figuring out their evolution. I love figuring out how the evolution of fishes corresponds to the evolution of the planet and through geologic time. I love the work I do um popularizing science. I love the people I work with. It's a blast. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, you're so welcome. My oh. pleasure. My pleasure. Yay. A joy. Yay, gobies. Ugh. How obsessed with her are you? Right? I'm like fully. Oh, so ask smart people fishy questions because look at how contagious that love for fishes is. So Dr. Chris Thacker is now at the Santa Barbara Museum of Natural History and Sea Center and remains a favorite guest of mine. You can follow Dr. Thacker at Thackfish on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find more Smologies episodes at aliward.com slash Smologies. We have several dozen now. Uh, they're also linked in the show notes. And thank you to Mercedes Maitland and Zeke Rodriguez Thomas for working so hard on these. We like to keep things small around here. So the rest of the credits are in the show notes. But if you stick around until the end, I give you a piece of advice. And this week's is that if you take a camera on a phone and you use the slow motion setting, and you film yourself or your friend or your grandpa or your mom making this noise with your mouth. You know when you flap your lips? Take a slow motion video of that. It's hilarious. I've never seen anything funnier. Okay, have fun with that. And until next time, Smologites. Bye-bye. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we're all carrying around just a backpack of stressors and sadnesses. When we keep them all zipped up and the load gets heavier, it can start to affect us negatively. You start to feel misunderstood, sad, resentful. A safe place to unpack that is, you guessed it, therapy. Therapists can help you dump out your bag and work through the heavy garbage that's weighing you down, in my case at least. I've used BetterHelp. They have definitely 
helped me understand that pushing my feelings down does not actually make them go away. It makes them feel worse. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible. It's suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's so much faster and easier than trying to hunt down a therapist from just online listings and cold calling. That's one thing I love about BetterHelp. And if for any reason you're not vibing with your therapist, you can switch anytime, no additional charge, no drama. So unburden yourself and trauma dump onto someone who's trained for this. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ologies.